Hello. Hello. Free will or predestination? Free will is the only logically coherent view there between those two. Hi, Lex Fox. You're at work. Nice. I'm going to get you in trouble. I'm going to stop cursing as much. I mean, that was a little, I've been a little bit, uh, um, sour, you know, as, uh, the left would call toxic, angry. So, uh, yeah, try to curse less. How y'all doing? Waves, waves, waves. You in Denver, Littleton represent. What, 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 what? All because of Kyer. Yeah, Kyer. No, I'll, it's because of the, the Kyer worship. It's also like a fundamental thing when you, when you mean something and you want to say a position, but perhaps you're not saying it adequately enough or it's not clear enough. And so you get the, the, the lash back, the, um, the backlash and, um, and then the sense of feeling, um, misunderstood or not understood is very frustrating. It's like when couples have fights and the person says, says one statement and then the other person totally misinterprets the statement and pre presents it back to them completely wrong. That's a really frustrating feeling. Uh, but whatever. I still stand by my uh, position that uh, degeneracy and moral decay are the precedent, the preconditions for a Kyre experience. And that Kyre, if he was protecting a community, the community would also be there in a hundred, hundred deep, 50 deep. 200 deep. So, he avoids looking at comments. I don't avoid it. I talk like straight out. Make make a, <clears throat> make an actual comment. You just wasted a comment by saying he avoids looking at comments. So it's like, you should be banned. Banished. Little gay men. Little frail men. Small observations. Useless. Dad? 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 Why isn't he looking at his comments? Dad? Um, what else you guys want to talk about? What are we going off about? I probably won't go off. It's exhausting, emotionally taxing, brain taxing. We will take no Jim Bob bashing. They can bash me. I mean, that's a good sign that I've hit a, a sacred cow if I show up on some like retarded groiper site or whatever and they go after me. They're all little kids. Food shortages, no. <clears throat> a food a food shortage also has a precondition, um, which is the uh, the level 
of convenience um, of which uh, a community um, is used to getting uh, all their supplies from one centralized location. All, all it really takes is if you can fabricate a, a shortage, material supply or food supply, and just, um, if it's all centralized and it's not in your backyard or your neighbor's yard or in your town, then, uh, then a food shortage could actually happen, but there's a precondition to it. That's why you gotta, uh, start growing stuff and start knowing people who have their farms and their meat and buy a cow from someone if you can and things like that are really important but most of us um, including myself who's late to the game um, treat food similarly to how we treat a car which is we wait for it to be broken to take it to the mechanic we don't uh, necessarily uh, remain uh conscious of its of its uh maintenance and well-being we wait for break we similarly uh health a lot of us wait till we break and then we then we uh tend so um so yeah food shortage will be non-existent for the people who aren't wholly reliant on whole foods Grow your own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm, mm. CDC, they are, they're liars. You know what? CDC are such liars. Don't even present the official numbers of CDC because it's it's no different than the uh, than NIST reformatting their math, changing the laws of physics to, uh, you know, change the, the um, official story narrative like five times over the course of a year. That's the trick about appealing to the authority is that if the authority you're telling is a, a bunch of liars and then they come out and uh, present evidence that they were lying or misguiding, you still have to appeal to them. So it's like a appeal, a double appeal, a wraparound appeal, a reach around appeal, a double down appeal. There's no virus. Yeah, there's no virus. There's no virus. What kind of music do I like? Uh, right now, I'm studying um, uh, gypsy jazz style guitaring. I have a fantastic teacher. Uh, lives in New York. Insane guitarist. Um, he's uh insane guitarist. So it's cool. I always want to learn that. Um, I had an, uh, a hand injury about five years ago. That was very traumatic severed my median nerve couldn't feel my hand still can't feel three uh, parts of my hand today so the uh, the dread and the self-pity uh, wore off after about a year and a half so now I'm like oh what did I always want to learn in guitar and it was uh, being able to uh, play and solo that style that fun gypsy jazz style um it's cool. Yeah, and you could do bluegrass and stuff. Yeah. I have a cat. No more whacking. Flemish bear. Those are very weird statements to have uh, one after the other. I I have a cat. No more whacking. So I assume you also bought a lot of duct tape? Um, Jewelry-related accident? No. No, it was uh, alcohol-related. I was uh, drinking and... Uh, 
I wasn't even drunk, but it was related. And uh, I went to pour a drink and the cup fell, the glass. It was a, a martini glass. And uh, my reaction, because I have very quick reflexes because I'm an athlete naturally. Um, and my arms are short, so I kind of look like an Asian woman. Um, I quickly moved my little short Asian arm uh, so fast to catch the glass, but it had already broken, stabbed right through my, uh, my wrist, my median nerve. There's the scar right through it. And it severed 95% of my, my nerve. Terrible. Really, uh, not good. And then I went to the hospital and I knew something was wrong. I couldn't feel my hand. And then the stupid doctor, some Russian idiot, was like, it, uh, don't worry, it's superficial, cut. Your median nerve is not superficial. You do, I saw you up right now and good. And then he like jabbed a needle right in the, right in the fucking, sorry, right in the stink, the effing, I'll talk like Ben Shapiro, right in the effing wound. And I was like, my wife's a doctor. I don't think that's necessary. Why did you jab me three times with like, Io, 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 Iocane, uh, whatever. And, um, I knew something was wrong. So I went to a neurologist and they, they did a test and they were like, yeah, dude, you can't feel if you don't get surgery immediately, you will, uh, your, your, uh, you'll get necrosis in your hand and then your hand will curl up, uh, and you'll get the simian, the simian hand like this. This is a simian hand. So, uh, yeah, I got the surgery and, uh, you know, I got a little more sensation and my movement, but I still can't do certain movements. Like I can't push that outer thumb knuckle next to my eye. I can't push that in for a grip. I can't like move it in. So it affects some of my, uh, my, my work. So I mean my guitaring, that's not work. So, uh, Anyway, Howard Stern, Sibian hand. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I give you some advice wanting to get married and start? Yeah, just do it. And uh, base your uh, relationship in uh, God's good. God's commands. Higher morality. Not uh, not uh, vanity. Uh, I, I actually had a failed previous marriage. I married very young. And for the reasons of vanity and uh, novelty and uh, some social pressure, and it was all about me and us and like some like we're so cool, you know. I'm in Hollywood. I'm so cool, uh, and it all falls apart because you don't have a basis. And so when it started falling apart, um, you know. I didn't uh, know what I was promising. I wasn't willing to look at what I what a promise was. So I wasn't my word at all. Uh, I was unfaithful. Uh, I lied and concealed stuff and uh, broke it down. And then it couldn't recover, uh, mostly because it was never built on strong ground. It was built on sand. So make sure your relationship's not built on sand. How you know that is... Anything material, uh, circumstantial, marrying for just uh, material or convenience sake or 
you think you're going to be totally secure and that's it. I do get from a, a female perspective that that's important. So I'm not saying disregard that element, but it has to be based in uh, transcendental. It has to be. It has to be based in something in the val in the standard for love, uh, standard for forgiveness, understanding, compassion, honor, good. Uh, these things are all important because when they get shaken, you never you don't have to appeal to some uh, talking head who might, you know, in a small little three hundred square foot, uh, you know, room, who's like you know pretty much guiding you toward individualism. That's what shrinks do, uh, which is uh, pragmatic at, a, at one level, but when it really comes down to failure or success in uh, love, marriage, it's not going to be a shrink. Holocaust, was it six gorillion? I don't know. I think the six million is a very weird number, though. It is. Uh, I don't know enough about history, um, but I know enough about life to know that history is uh, mostly colored in uh, preferential uh, pencils, shades, and uh, you can redraw the lines and stuff. It's just it is a weird number. It's like. Is it an insult to say it was like, you know, 5,600,000 or more? Like, can you go higher? It just seems very rude to the individual who died because that's just like a round number. It's like clearly you most likely missed four or overshot by 100. It's kind of like when people do like the age of the earth. You're like, it's 15 billion. And then you're like, are you sure? they do a recalculation and they're like, well, it's either 15 billion or 13 billion. What's a holistic way to get rid of headaches? I want to stop taking pharmaceutical drugs. Well, you have to wean off of the pharma, pharma drugs, um, but don't take me as medical doctor. I just suggest that um, because... Uh, if you're on them too hard and you go cold turkey, it can be dangerous. <clears throat> but uh, water, tons of water, like um, a little bit more than the recommended uh, amount of water every day. And then movement and exercise. So those two things, I think, to start are the best, uh, the best thing to do. And, if, um, and that's it. But good for you to want to get out of, uh, off of pharmaceutical uh, poison. You read any Tolstoy? I roll. I read uh, Tolstoy. No, I'm I'm mistaken. Tolstoy for the other Russian uh, nihilist dude, who uh, wrote uh, that Dostoevsky. Yeah, I only read those and um, fiddled about with that literature when I was too young to even uh, consume to understand it. So I was just uh, LARPing. And Kyle can't be a LARP. Oh, yeah? All the Vietnam soldiers were LARPing. People were like, you can't LARP if you're doing it for real. I'm like, no, Antifa's LARPing. And they're destroying property. So are they not LARPing? No, they're LARPing. They're live action role-playing a revolution. 
um, they can break things and still be LARPing. Just like someone could do a live action role playing uh, freedom fighting and kill someone and the LARP is the same. It's at the it's at the uh, the mental level. What you're, you know, we don't have to go into it. I just can't believe people don't get that. I just want to fucking, sorry. I just want to effing smack them. How do I feel about Jordan Peterson? Um, what I think of Jordan Peterson is that uh, he's uh, pretty much a charlatan and that he's figured out a way to uh, use the elasticity of language and meaning, which is ironically something he fought against when he stepped on the platform. Um, he uses the elasticity of language and meaning to present uh, pragmatic models of morality uh, he can borrow from Christianity, but he doesn't argue for God as a logical necessity. He argues for God from a pragmatic tool, a usefulness, a paradigmatic usefulness uh, toward a goal, which is, it's all pragmatism. It's all utilitarianism. And so um, he's incoherent in that, in that regard. Um, I also don't appreciate his uh, constant redefining of words into metaphoric, true-sounding statements in order to support a model that he drew in his little pad of dragons and snakes, you know? So uh, it's annoying because he can mislead a lot of people but make them feel like they're going in the right direction because it resonates and it feels good or it uh, sounds right. You know, just like a Chili Peppers song or a Jack Johnson song sounds right, like sounds like it's, uh, but then you're like, oh, this is so this is incoherent nonsense. Um, so yeah, that's, that's Jordan, you know, it's like, I can't ultimately, ultimately we can't exactly know what's true. I, and, and by no means am I a nihilist or a relativist, but at the, in the same breath, you know, we can't actually know it's true. We don't know. That's the point. Life is suffering. There's only chaos and order. And of course, once you, once you discern what chaos is, it's um, pretty much um, self-refuting because you're making an order out of it. You're giving it a name, giving it a distinction. That means you can point to chaos and non-chaos, which means you've actually put it inside of an ordered system. And I understand that. I'm just happy that most of my prawn followers don't um, confront me on that, or else they get their refund. They can get the hell out of the auditorium. In the end, could that be a tool to bring them to God? I mean, could be, would be, should be. It's all hypothetical. Could it be a tool to keep them from uh, seeing the logical necessity of God? Yeah. Could keep them... I look at it like this. There's a bunch of people, mostly men, facing South. You can call South nihilism, um, relativism, absurdity. What he does is he fishes them out of that little moat and then he's like, I'm going to help you. And then, and then he says, I'm going to 
keep you in a perpetual motion of east and west on the map. And I'm going to call it north. But the true north, I'm not going to actually um, admit logically. I'm going to suggest that you can borrow north if you're facing east and west. And uh, that's what he does. And then it inevitably ends to uh, solipsism or that uh, you are your own god and you can create your own reality and truth through some sort of meta uh, manifestation you know doodling in a in a pad and being and calling chaos a dragon and slaying the dragon it's all pragmatism it's all toward a goal that's uh, only reduced to material and that's where he's limited and he knows it and that's why he's burned out because you can't keep going toward that because the only progress truly objective progress can only be truth itself and truth itself can only be justified with a higher mind so you can't get away from it but he doesn't want to go to the higher mind unless it's just a model to look at a way of looking at it like a like a like a like a i like to say a tekken character like he's gonna i'm going to like play let's say life is like mortal combat and it, and it is. That's an appropriate name for it. You know, and, and, and then you start, your, you start your life and you're, you're given these characters, these avatars, you know, which I call archetypes. And, and it's important in the game, given the game is to survive and perhaps kill the opponent, that you want to adopt the, the best archetype for that, for that motion forward. So it's like, I look at it like that Christ is the ultimate, the best archetype, the best Liu Kang. You know, a picture, picture Jesus doing the Liu Kang move, you know, forward, down, round to forward, kick, hold back for three seconds, forward, kick, you know, and he's, and he's like, you know, his beard is flying in the air and he's, and he's looking at you and he says, you know, my son, you cho chose the right archetype. And that's kind of how I see it. And, uh, that's it. Was Hitler right? No, he wasn't right. He was right about uh, locating degeneracy and uh, being uh, on board with restoring some sort of order. But like uh, Ted Kaczynski, he ultimately went the uh, the utilitarian extreme way, which is like, you know, you just you go the you know the all of the people cheering on Kyle are are the bloodlust ones. They're 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 Hitler esque. They are uh, as if you can destroy evil. Like even if you're, regardless if you're right or wrong, as uh, in, um, in relation to pointing out evil in the world, um, the assumption that you can eliminate evil is uh, becomes evil very quickly, immediately, because you're rejecting um, the truth, which is that uh, vengeance isn't yours, and moral justice, morality. Um, is not dictated by our uh, our implementation of what we think justice and redemption and uh, <clears throat> you know goodness. You know, it's like killing. It's like a a bunch of people think murder is wrong, so they go, "Well, how do we solve this?" And you kill, you murder all the people who suggest maybe murder is not wrong. Um, so it's a paradox, and you see it everywhere. Once you get out of the storyline, the historicity, the back the backstory, 
you know, the ovens and the camps and the little girl in red who died in the Spielberg movie and all this shit. Um, once you just look at it from a pattern, from a, from a higher level, looking down at it, um, it all of the all of the details and the who is who in the game, it, it's the kind of silly because uh, the game itself is morality and you either abide by God's law or you pretend that you're the God. And uh, history tells us that men are fallen um, and that's also in doctrine and it's proven over and over again. The fallen state of man actually leads him to assume he can eradicate evil, which is quite the uh, conundrum quite the joke played on us, right? Hitler was Kyle level 100. Mandatory vaccine fear porn psyop. Um, yes and no. Uh, basically, if you abide by constitutionalism, you have to submit um, because uh, mandatory vaccines already happened in uh, 1919. And uh, you either uh, got forced to take one, depending on where you are and what you're willing to uh, use force to defend yourself against, um, or you got fined $5, which is probably like $1,000 now. Uh, so that existed, um, and the and that's why that's why abiding uh, that's why tying your morality to the the, the law the you know, constitution. You not you can't do that because the constitution. Like you ought not do that because it's um it in, inevitably gives the power back to the feather pens, um, where you're kind of begging the your master to reformat or reinterpret their own man uh, made feather pen law, uh, in order to. Um, you know, uh, you know, remove you from the line, uh, for getting sh a shot in your arm. So, um, so it kind of is a psyop. I believe that most of that pushes people to confront an extreme, uh, which then subsequently, um, puts them in a position to accept the seemingly, uh, uh, less intrusive alternative. And that's a trick. That's an all old, uh, negotiating trick present extreme craziness, AOC, whatever it is, Bernie, and then you accept the moderate and you're like, well, yeah, so glad we did. So glad they didn't send the, the, uh, the white, co the white lab coats with their badges and guns. Um, so, uh, and it's not mandatory. I said this on the last stream is that the, the, it's not mandatory in the sense we think of mandatory is it's uh it's compliance based it's uh oh you can't uh well you want to go oh american airlines we're, we're so happy to serve you fly our friendly skies oh you're going on your honeymoon that is great congratulations you guys are just in love well unfortunately um you know we can't allow you on the plane uh, not only the mask thing, but you have to be up to date with COVID pass. There's about six vaccines in the schedule. Um, but, um, if you'd like, we can happily, uh, escort you, uh, right here at the airport. We have a COVID center, uh, COVID provisions, uh, you know, masks, uh, bags, <laughs> glasses, face shields. And uh, we also have a pharmacy and a nurse's unit that will happily give you your vaccine before you uh, fly our friendly skies. 
And that's why people fighting for the post office, um, the libertarian free market people should just shut up about uh, efficiency because that's not the principle. The principle is if the post office, which is one of the last uh, standing expressions of free speech that can't be uh, diminished or um, usurped or, or, or shut down on the basis of our, our la- latest tweet or my recent uh, YouTube post or something I've you know bought recently, like we can still use that service. So um, this whole argument of like, give it to the free market, they'll do it better, okay? Look at the free market right now. All they have to do is say the, say the phrase terms and conditions. All they have to say is community policies. All they have to say is uh, we have arbitrary standards. And then the same libertarian has to say, well, that's true. You're, you're a private entity, so you have the right to do that. But you're going to lose out money. And the libertarian free market person fundamental, fundamentally starts from the wrong assumption that there's a point at which money is no longer the thing of value for, for a large conglomerate. You know, At some point, if you can print your own money... If money is pretty much meaningless and your your behavior and compliances and your data is more valuable than money, you're going to see NBA, like major companies, Nike, behaving inconsistent with protecting a bottom line or uh, lunging forward for more money. It's beyond that point. And it's important to realize that we're beyond that point because you have to make uh, arguments and uh, base your behaviors um, and what you what you're cheering for and against based on the reality of, of right now, not what you think the free market ought to be, because that misconception is that people do everything for money. It's just false. You know, it's like, well, then the company loses out because they lose customers. It's like we're not talking about companies that can lose. We're not talking about uh, companies that suddenly go uh, out of business because uh, they lost all these customers. That's not where we're at. So it's important if you're a free marketeer, a uh, an Ian Randian, uh, uh, Milton Freeman character, that we're beyond that as as a protection. The old vote with your money. We're beyond that. So uh, you have to find what the the higher truth is that's going on. And I believe uh, I laid it out for you. <clears throat> Do you think it's immoral to tell the truth even if it is to intentionally hurt someone? Uh, I guess... No, I don't think telling the truth could ever be immoral. I think... Um, but your intent can play into it for sure. But it depends on what the truth is. It's like if someone's fat and you just tell them the truth that they're fat for the sake of hurting their spirit. Um, I don't even know if that's immoral. I think that's just... Um, I think it's just not preferred or not nice. Uh, because... Um, I also believe in telling very harsh truths. I think it's how you are. Like, uh, you know, the action is paired with like an intent and a way of being about it. You know, like instead of being like, you're, f- you're fat, you're fat. You can be like, you're fat. 
You're fat. I don't know if that works. Not calibrated. Do not defend. No, I don't defend fat people. Um, the, the, yeah, I don't defend fat. I think you got to take care of yourself. Thoughts on libertarianism as far as government goes? Well, I mean, libertarian at the, the most core fundamental level is like get the government out of your life. But the government, uh, like Owen Benjamin says, is a reflection of the current, like the, the moral uh, status of the people directly, you know, it, it's reflecting. Um, that's not to say that um, it can't not be that at any given point or some geographic location or whatever but um ideally it, it it does reflect the moral uh standing of the people and so um the the thing about libertarianism is if you have a moral uh morally sound cohesive uh society or let's say town or, or city even at a larger scale um the government uh if reflecting the the standards of the people um, the size of the government could, uh, could arguably be smaller or larger, you know, because it reflects the morality of the people. Um, ideally, it's smaller because I think that at a pragmatic level reduces the likelihood or availability of corruption at a, at a massive level that gets out of control. Whereas a small local level, you can just oust the people. That's why rotating people and that's why... Um, being in politics should be a very short-lived experience, but also a voluntary experience that everyone is uh, somewhat socially pressured to participate in, almost like acting as the treasurer of some, of some group, and you're like, ah, I don't want to do it, but you do it anyway, and it's of service. Um, I think that's pretty much the ideal, and I think libertarians would probably agree with that who are um, not anarchists. Uh, but uh, libertarian in, in its pure sense, however, most of the time, uh, in my experience with them as people, uh, that view cannot uh, doesn't account for um, moral degeneracy, regular behavior that um, that has to be managed beyond the the arm of the law. It has to be managed socially at a level uh, that puts pressure on people to maintain a certain standard, you know, like back in the day, it was standard that men and women were impeccable. They were mostly covered. It was very uh, prudish and, uh, you, um, respected your, your body and you, uh, held yourself upright and spoke clearly and, uh, etiquette and all this stuff was like really well-crafted, um, um, prerequisites for behaving, for, for existing in society. And then the, the, uh, the, um, the, the sixties psyop came and then they, they tried to undermine all, they did undermine it all. They, uh, they, they sold degeneracy and free love. And then they sold women on women's liberation and sexual freedom. Um, you know, they were like, you, you know what? You can fuck dudes. You can have sex with anybody. And they're like, yes, I'm empowered. And then um, they just went on from there. 
you know, like, oh, kill your baby, it's awesome. And you're like, okay. But then it was the men who actually uh, took the back door. They thought it was, like, chivalrous or, like, you know, uh, uh, you know, fair and nice to accept that version of a woman. If they never, if the men never accepted feminism and uh, this, this uh, equality nonsense, if men never accepted it, the degenerate woman would never uh, have gotten to this point because there wouldn't be a market for it. It wouldn't be accepted. Women would just be like, oh, that's, I guess that's not going to work. You know, I'm not getting any fake coins. I'm not getting any, uh, you know, it's the men who consume degenerate women, uh, degenerate behavior in women that uh, actually proliferate and justify the further degeneracy in uh, just just uh, how women act and what's acceptable now. I love hearing you logically go from atheist to Christian. I've only heard a little and I would love to hear more. How, oh, how I logically went from atheist to Christian? Yeah. God, we all have seen degenerate, drunk, libtard women. Yeah, and it's just like they know they know it's not what they really, truly want. They just think they're supposed to keep that, maintain that thing. And it's like, no, your daughter won't respect you. Your your sons won't respect you. Your men won't respect you. And men are the the lead. So it's men's fault. So every, all these people pointing to, you know, you know, what's her name? Uh, it's fun to make fun of her, but uh, like Lena Dunham. No, it's not Lena Dunham. She is just the outcome. Just like Antifa, it doesn't, the shit doesn't show up and the, the flies don't show up unless there's a pile of shit. And so you blame the flies and then you're like, you're like, you stupid fly. And then you're like, no, but protect the pile of shit. You know, protect the pile of shit. Everyone's worried about Antifa taking over towns, but there's, uh, you know, billboards of like gay grinder, one night stand sex and uh, sex shops at every corner and total degeneracy. But that's all good. Just don't just touch my stuff, though. As long as you don't touch my stuff. I mean, that's just so ridiculous. You make calls website exposing feminism. Yeah, I know all about the feminism and the new world order. It's all it's all connected. They have to they have to diminish, destroy family. It's been a goal for a long time. Destroy the family. And uh, that's why I reject individualism and this idea that like it doesn't matter, you know. No, you need families. We need families. You can't fight moral decay because moral decay occurs at a generational level. It's slow. It's a slow-cooked shit pie. And so to assume that uh, it's just resolved by shooting a couple of commies in the street is silly because it's a long-term process. That means, that means uh, you know, going back on it, going the other direction uh, is also a longer-term process. It's not just some quick, quick fix. Uh, opinion on becoming a teacher in these times? Uh, it's a great time, just not in public schools. Uh, right now is the time, um, consistent with the new technological era that they want to uh, 
deploy upon us. Uh, you don't need to be. You don't need to go through the same. Uh, I believe that you won't need to go through the same standards for being a teacher. Uh, proof of that: Google. Um, I'm not saying go to school to learn to be a teacher through Google. It's just that they're setting a precedent that uh, you can work and become a teacher and become a, a technician or whatever all in six months. So they're, Google's making a big move to take over the entire education system. Um, and uh, I think they're in competition with, with um, Bill Gates to some extent. I don't know Bill's, uh, his little, uh, you know, his ace in his sleeve. But Google has been uh, motivated by education a long time. I know someone personally who worked very high up in Google's uh, education expansion program. So they've been focusing on that for a long time. But they're going to want to take it over. They're going to want to take over the digital public education paradigm, but from the perspective of a corporate view of uh, utilitarianism and efficiency. So all technological-based, all over the internet, you know, manager, the managerial class will graduate from Google. So, uh, yeah, that's what's on the calendar. That's what we looking at y'all. When you say God, do you consider that God of the Old Testament as well? Well, I mean, that's all accumulative. It's like you can't just pick the Old Testament. You have to look at the whole accumulation of old and new and the whole story. It's literally the greatest story ever told, and we're in the story. So it's like you don't just pick a timeline and freeze frame it and go, that? You mean that? You don't. That's not how it is. You have to take it for now uh, for what it is not for what it was you can't freeze frame you know it's like uh do you accept this version of charlie sheen you oh you mean this postcard from the past now i look at it accumulative that's the only way to look at it but you know the old testament there you know the jews were like um you know, we're gonna, oh, oh, we're gonna have the 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 God, the true God is gonna show Himself to us, huh? Well, it's in prophecy, huh? They're going, they're going to show themselves to us. Oh, oh, they, they, where is this God? Where, why isn't He showing Himself? It's been prophesied. And then Jesus is like, hi. And they're like, no, not. Not you, ah, you. You don't have a chutzpah. You're not trying to trick. You, why, where's your money? Hi. Hi, guys. No, you, you are not the one that we want. We want a better one. Why, why are you so messy? Why, why is such, such... What your sandals are so ugh oi You go back you we wait for a new one we wait for a new one Billy Crystal he is the Messiah
We wait. You be more like Bill, Billy Crystal. You make a joke in the Princess Bride. Hmm? Have some humor, huh? Do a dance. Do something. Do something nice. Uh, hi. I love you. Bring love. No, no, it's boring. You need, you need story. You need, uh, oh, you need passion. You need passion. The actor or the neocon? I always, th I always think about those when I hear that name. Ben Shapiro say that Jesus was a common thief. I think so. I think he had a conversation with. Uh, is either Joe Rogan or William Lane Craig. He's like, yeah, Jesus was just a common thief. He wasn't any, anything special. Yeah, he, he, he was just another person that fought against them and he got what he well, got what he deserves. Many others did too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, I gotta go. Um maybe I'll be on tonight, maybe not. Uh if you didn't, uh, go over to D Live and follow me there. I'll be doing more streams there, live cartoon interviews, when you guys can ask a live cartoon of um, Peterson or Ben Shapiro or Charlie Kirk or Ayn Rand. I'm working on a, a Dildo Dawkins, and I think you guys would like that. So go over to DLive, find Made by Jim Bob, follow me there, subscribe, do whatever you want, and uh, and then uh, hopefully I'll get I'll finish my dildo Dawkins in a day or two and uh, be able to really unveil quite the funny live. I mean live. You look at the cartoon, you guys ask questions, dildo Dawkins answers cartoons on the spot. Um, also, I'll do Stephen Hawking, which is really easy because uh, I don't have to actually make the mouth movements. So thanks. Uh, thanks, Stephen. See you guys.